buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Running, Gary Callagher here on KDAL 610 AM. And we are here from 12 until 1 on KDAL on every Saturday. And good afternoon, Gary Callagher. How are you? Jim, we're doing good this afternoon. Nice day out there. Um, well, it's been a nice week. And uh, right. this is peak fall season. I think those leaves are going to start coming out. The trees real soon. Yeah. But uh, um, had some interesting stuff this week, Jim. I mean, one of I had I've had a couple listings sell that have been on the market for a long time, and one of them has been on the market since May, and the other one's uh, been on the market for about a little over sixty days, and uh, they both went one went pending inspection and one went pending. They they decided not to even do an inspection on one. So um, it, um, it it's it's good that it happened. I'm, I'm happy. But it's also interesting when these properties, when we put properties on the market, Jim, and, and, and you tell sellers when you're in your meetings with them to list their properties, how hot the market is and how well things are doing. And then you, you put these properties on the market and, and you get showings. And guess what? They don't sell. Right. And And then... They don't sell in two weeks, and then they don't sell in three weeks, and it's a month, and it's a month and a half. And uh, in, in one particular situation, you know, the seller had, had moved out of his house and had relocated to a different state. And he was really, uh, you know, I, I guess the word is bummed out that he was leaving his house with no uh, sense of when, when and if this thing was going to sell this year. And so... Um, it's it, it, it's a big relief to them when it happens, but but like I don't know what what you'll say to people, but one of the things I told him, you know, because we went through some good negotiations on this one. I mean, it was a little tense, and uh, uh, you know, he he was he's losing money on this house because he just bought it a year ago, uh, and and then he got job relocation type of stuff, and and he had put money into this thing. He had closing costs that he had to tack on, and. And, uh, uh, and so the, ultimately the price that he took, he's still going to lose money on this thing. So, uh, it was a little intense trying to, to work through some of the details and, 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 and scratch for every nickel and dime that we could get for him. But, um, but like I said to him, I said, look, I said, if you don't take the offer, you know, we're, we're still here at, at you know, square one. And I said, any other offer you get is going to be, uh, you know, probably similar and maybe lower because the longer these houses sit, the more the buyers agents ask for. And, you know, um, and, and then the other thing, Jim, and, and I don't know how you feel about this. I, I want to hear your opinion on this, but statistically speaking, when we get offers on properties, the first offer you get is generally the best offer. And so when these houses sit on the market for an extended period of time and then you get an offer and you, and as a seller, you start balking at it and you start, you know, breaking it down and saying, I don't like this. I don't like this. You know, though, generally speaking, those are the, the best offers you're going to get is the first offer. And so trying to work through those types of things with people, it's, um, 
when they're losing money, regardless of what the number is, it's um, it's just something that they 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 uh, like I said they're bummed out about it. They they don't want to do it. They don't want to take it. You know, they're trying to mitigate their losses, and uh, uh, you know, but but talking through and letting them know that hey, the longer you keep this, the more money that you're going to spend on your monthly payment your utilities, you got to do snow shoveling and all that type of stuff. And, and all every month that you have this and you hold it and you pay those bills, you're, you're never going to recover that. And right. so then trying to get that at this point in time, just, you know, stop the bleeding is a difficult thing for sellers when they're losing money, but it's a necessary thing because they're just going to end up losing more. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but interesting stuff when, when people are under pressure, to to take these offers and they're not what they want. Well, and I would tell you this, um, what you're talking about is one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and that's, I'll put it this way, what's been popping up in the MLS a lot lately? Price reductions. Yep. That is what's been coming up in the MLS. And I would say that, you know, unfortunately, now we've got somebody that lost money, they, but, you know, owning it a year or less is just, I mean, that's just... Uh, it's hard it's not, not a to good digest. situation. It's just yeah. not a good situation to be in, you know. But I think that uh, this is one where you could say this is a COVID-related thing too, because now I think that some of that uncertainty or whatever um, of uh, what's been going on could, in fact, um, it, you know, be affecting our market. And uh, when you see the spikes on the Wisconsin side. I mean, new restrictions have come into place. There's alerts in our company. I mean, I just think that uh, naturally the market's going to have some setback, and I think that COVID-related, but um, you're right. The losses begin to mount, uh, and so you just got to be ready to cut and run. Um, and that's that's the hard reality of it is, uh, you know, if you're if you're not in that time frame where we are overloaded with buyers, um you know, buyers right now have a lot of options. They have a lot of a lot of properties to look at, so um, that doesn't cause the uh, market to be uh, to remain into a, a seller's position. It's it's more of a equal or buyer's market transition right now. Yeah, and and this particular financing on this one was a VA financing, so those are a little those are a little bit more difficult. You know, like the FHA. Right. And and fortunately, the the seller. He also bought it on a VA loan, so he's familiar with how it works, um, you know. And they asked for closing costs to be paid, and um, he didn't pay all of them, but he paid some of them. And he didn't want to do that, you know, because it's just it's more money that he he can't recoup. Right. And so, um, uh, but but and then and then this uh, this other one has been sitting on the market since May. And my God, we've had like fifty showings on this thing. It's just been phenomenal. And the poor sellers just had to reduce the price and price and price, and um, got down to a point where she would just just didn't want to take it. But she realized that that nobody else was buying it, and with, with the level of showings that we've had, it's. Um, uh, it, it's, it, it was, it was time. And, uh, but, but going from the point of pricing to where, you know, she wanted to get it when we listed this in May into ultimately what it sold for massive difference in price, you know, and you're talking, you're talking uh, almost $80,000 difference. Wow. And, uh, it's, it's very difficult 
you know, uh, for people when, when this stuff happens. But, um, but we had been through a couple of other offers on this one that had been accepted and they did the home inspections and they, there was so much work to do. And this was a multifamily property and there was so much work that these offers canceled after they did their inspections. And, yeah. and so we went through, you know, two of those actual offers. We went through a couple of verbal offers and we went through a couple of people that had been in there three and four times. And, uh, one of them finally came through and, and just said, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll do it, but here's the price I'm at. And this is a seasoned person that you know, owns a lot of property. And, uh, yep. um, and she, um, countered him and he said, it can't do it. And, uh, he came up a little bit on his price, but, uh, at the end of the day, she, she, she really grasped the whole situation of like, wow, we've been on the market a long time and this guy comes in, no inspection. Oh, oh, here's, here's my number, but I won't do an inspection. And I think she, she appreciated that. She liked that because she knew that we had been yeah. through this before and she didn't want to go through another inspection. So she ended up taking the offer and, um, um, but not anywhere near what she wanted in price, and uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I've actually sold a couple of multi-prop, multi-family properties this year, and, and I I would call them underperforming. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's and and the rents are still pretty darn high. I mean, people can cite all the competition, and you wanted to talk about uh, a new project going on up in Hermantown, um, probably our next segment, but. Um, there's a lot of competition, but that competition is really expensive. I mean, those those new apartments are really expensive, so it's not hard to to rent some of these older duplexes. So it was kind of surprising that you know it was kind of a tough market to sell earlier, and this is right when it was all crazy busy. So yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a segment that I, I I honestly was a little confused by it. I thought I thought it would perform much better, but. Interesting. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of sellers that we're, we're we're hanging around a little bit longer than we want to on the market, and um, you know it's uh, I've got one in particular. We we've had uh, two price reductions in the last thirty days, not even thirty days. You know, just because it's like they know that double payments are looming. You know, because they they purchased their other house, they they purchased a family home, a home that was already in the family um, uh, parents' house, and uh, so. They've moved now, and this house is empty that they owned, and double payments are coming around the corner, and they don't want to do that, so they wanted to get aggressive on the price. And uh, a wise maneuver, but uh, we still are active on the market, and uh, I think these kinds of adjustments are now the norm. So, yes. I don't uh, know how much time we got left here. We got, about another, we got about another 30 seconds, so, I mean, just wrap it up probably, and then we can go to our break. Well, I, if there, there's a couple other things that we can talk about with this too, and uh, but we'll we'll get into break. And uh, uh, if we got 30 seconds, I just want to let everybody know that interest rates are still good. These mortgage interest rates are phenomenal. They bumped up a little bit week, and we'll talk about those a little bit later on in the show as well. All right, why don't you give out your phone number, Gary? Two one eight three nine zero zero six one five. And my phone number is two one eight three four eight seven six five three. You're tuned into the Twin Quartz Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Quartz Real Estate Show. Jim Running, Gary Callagher here from Remax Results on KDAL from 12 to 1 on every Saturday. Um, Gary, before we get too much further, why don't you shout out your phone number one more time? I got 218-390-0615. 
And my number is 218-348-7653. And I wanted to uh, comment on the echoey sound. Um, this week I'm in a room recording. Gary is uh, on the phone with me. And um, the room is, is got a lot of volume to it, Gary. So I know it's uh, it, it sounds like I'm, I'm in a church or something, but it's not. It's just a big room. Um, so sorry about the sound quality. Gary and I can't wait until we can get back into the studio and, uh, you know, have normal recordings again. And someday, Gary, will do that. But um, as it is, here we are. So. Yeah, and Jim, I guess uh, we really want to come on the show. A couple of regulars, Greg Fulmer from uh, Greg Fulmer Real Estate, commercial real estate. And uh, he wants to give us updates on the central buildings that are for sale. And uh, Barbara Monte from the Duluth Landlords Association has been a regular guest. And uh, she weighed in on, on some of the uh, uh, issues we were talking about last week with the potential mandate of having to have landlords carry homeowners insurance. We can talk a little bit about her comments on yeah. that a little bit later in the show. But, uh, yeah, okay. it would be nice to get back in the studio and uh, uh, get back to normal. All right. So we were talking about the market. We were talking about the transition and uh, that that you and I both have had a couple of sellers. And I think if, if you are and I are having the issues, I think other realtors are too, is that, you know, the market is transitioning um, from uh, overwhelming seller's market, every advantage possible um, this spring as a seller, multiple offers on almost every property that came on the market to now where buyers are not so plentiful. They're still there, um, but the inventory is such that if a buyer is looking in a certain price range now, they have options and um, they're casually looking as opposed to looking with a fever. Um, and that has, uh, that has affected value. I think it's transitioned from a very active and a positive seller's market to probably at least equal. Um, and uh, maybe it's going to be turning to the point where it's going to be a buyer's market where people are going to have to keep adjusting prices in order to sell their home. So, Gary, comments on, uh, on that. How is this affecting um, the sellers out there, do you think? Well, I don't uh, – personally, right now, Jim, I think we're in a – I don't think we're in a seller's market or a buyer's market. I think we're in a market yeah. that is Real. plentiful for, for everybody. I mean, right. I think the, the you you we've never seen these mortgage interest rates as low as they are. Um, and, and so the buyers are just coming into the marketplace and with, with all the new the, – the millennials, the young – the younger generation of people that are buying houses earlier has, has certainly helped to fuel this, this market as well. Uh, and, and, and so I think you've got a perfect environment for the buyers because of the mortgage interest rates, the cost of money is so low. But then you've got the perfect uh, environment for sellers because, you know, they're getting above and beyond what they're – they, they put their houses on the market for. And so you, we just have this like incredible real estate market that is, is uh, uh, unlike, I think, anything we've seen. And we've had this market, Jim, for the last, I think we're going on the fourth year. As we yeah. got into 2016, you know, this thing really took off. And really, it's just been sustaining. And, and I thought 2018 was the high watermark. Uh, for, you know, real estate, the com the big comeback from the recession. But boy, uh, you know, and, and even in the midst of the COVID pandemic, you know, what can we say, you know, with the activity that we have, you know, when this thing, as we got into the end of May and this market just took off, you know, and everybody right. was just like many multiple offers on properties. And all of a sudden, 
you know, it's like buyers that you've been working with, they lose out on every single uh, uh, offer that they put in. And there's a, there's a frustration that grows with that, you know, but uh, uh, you know, so it's a good environment, but I think you're right. I think that the, the market is starting to tail off. We're getting into our seasonal adjustment to where, you know, once we hit Thanksgiving, things will start to tail off through the holidays. And it's just, it just, the market just slows up, you know, this inclement weather, when we get snow and we get sub-zero temperatures, the, the activity just really comes to a standstill. And so I think we're starting to enter that phase. Um, uh, so, you know, I think you're, you're right in the fact that the buyers certainly aren't facing as much competition as they did. I don't, I still don't think there's enough inventory on the market for buyers to choose from. And when a, when a, a well-priced, a uh, good house comes on the market, there's still multiple offers on it. But it's not like the frenzy that we saw uh, at the end of May, you know, through through August. And uh, uh, and so, so you know, it, yeah, well, it's still right. a good market, think... and it's still, it's still good for everybody. I guess that's my yeah. point. I think you're right, though. Except, Four years in a row. Except, tellers, except houses that don't sell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what we talked about in the first segment. Well, yeah, and I and I think that this has been it's been four or five years in a row now that you're right where the the market has kind of acted the same, you know. And we've talked about it before, and and there gets a point in the fall when um, it just it just switches. It's kind of like it's kind of like when when summer ends, all of a sudden the door slams shut. It seems, and it and it doesn't get any warmer again. Although a nice week this week, that's for sure. But there's going to be a point where, um, you know, the weather's going to turn and it's not going to come back until next year. And that's kind of the way this market is, too. It's like there's buyers, 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 all of a sudden, boom. Um, hmm. It's been a little bit slower, a little bit slower. And so now we know that the, the number of buyers out there is uh, seriously different than what it has been in the spring. And that's been the cycle we've been going through for several years in a row. So it's... Well, one of the conversations that you have with sellers at this time of the year, and, and I've, I've been on uh, a couple of the market analysis in the last couple of weeks, and, you know, people are excited about putting their homes on the market, obviously, but you have to have the conversation with people about the market and what happens if their house doesn't sell right away and we start getting into these holiday seasons. And, and some people just start to aware of this. They, you know, they, they don't realize that the market really does slow up when we hit that Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, and, and so having this conversation with them and them, and them coming to the realization is like, well, Thanksgiving, that's, that's a little over a month away. Uh, you know, what am I going to do if my house doesn't sell by then? You know, and, yep. and what do we tell people? I mean, how do you, how do we have to deal with that? And, you know, there, there are times, Jim, and, and, when, when we just tell people, hey, if we don't, if we if we put your house on the market and we get a bunch of showings and it doesn't sell and we hit Thanksgiving, it may not be a bad idea just to take it off the market until you know we get into the new year. But I know you have a you have a uh, uh, a uh, strategy that you deal with where you know when people do that and they take their homes off the market, guess what? There's not that many more houses to choose from. So if you're one of the houses sitting out there and the buyers yeah. on the market, you could be that house that somebody buys just simply because you stayed on the market, even though the market's slow. Yep, that's right. And I and I totally agree with that. It's not that things aren't going to stop selling. They're not going to stop. Um, they're going to continue to sell. You just you have to be accurate. 
And you know what? How many appraisal problems did we have this year? Um, I yeah. had quite a few. So even in the overheated market, it seems like appraisals seem, seem to keep things in check, if you want to say that. When we run into an appraisal problem and it comes in low of what we've sold for, of course, there's a lot of, a lot of energy, uh, a lot of you know, up, people who are upset on, on all sides of the deal. And then there's work to be done. We have to get it so that the house can still sell. But you know, they're not going to finance something that they can't have an appraised value. So um, I think that you still, even when it's really hot and heavy, you've got to have realism in mind. And uh, right now, if you're going to list your house, it will sell, but it's got to be realistically priced. And um, if you kind of miss it at first, well, then it's time to adjust it. And that's what you and I have been doing with a couple of listings is, you know, when you have to lower the price to get it sold, you have to lower the price to get it sold. So, Jay, why don't well, you tell? Well, that's what happens. I mean, you know, ultimately, if a property doesn't sell, Jim, what are the options? Right. What are the options for a residential home when the property doesn't sell? Now, you look at a couple things. If the property's on the market and you've been getting showings and nobody's offering you, nothing's happening. Well, that to me. Is a is it just a rejection of the property on the market? And if, how about if this? You, if you, hey, Gary, how about this? So that is a good point. But to go right along with that, we've had feedback, um, and this caused us to lower the price on one of our houses twice. The feedback was is that they like this house, and then they come back for a second showing, and then we get the response. You know, they were interested in it, but they moved and bought another one. Well, bam. If you finish if you finish second twice, that means that your your house is not going to sell at this price point. So that's when we adjust. Well, yeah, but but you know when 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 we run into these situations and and people are looking at the house but it's not selling, it's so obvious that the, the property is being rejected because the buyers that are coming in those houses, Jim, they're active, they're good buyers, and yeah. and you can't. You, you can't have a volume of buyers to continually come through your house and not receive any offers on it um, and just go on and on and on without at least trying to comprehend. It's like the market's not buying this house. And why is the market not buying it? And sometimes, and I know this has happened to you, sometimes it can take a seller a year or two to come to the realization of like, my house isn't worth this. And I've been in those situations where I've had properties on the market for like months and months. And they, and sometimes it goes into a year or a year and a half before the seller comes to the realization that my house really isn't what, what, what it isn't really worth what I thought it was worth. Right. And so, you know, that, and, and sometimes that can be difficult for them because really at the end of the day, Jim, the owner of the house has one perception of value on their property and the buyer coming in as another. And if you're lucky enough to put your house on the market and have massive amounts of showings and multiple offers, that's great. But for the houses that aren't selling and they're sitting, you as a, as a, as the owner of that house, you have to come to the realization of like my house isn't worth what I thought it was and the market isn't buying my house. And and sometimes we as agents, we have to just be blunt with people and let them know that and even then they don't believe it. Right. And so trying to work through some of this stuff can be, um, 
you know, it's difficult because it's emotional for people. And, and, uh, uh, but I will say this in the, in the last couple of years, I've really noticed more and more people are, are really, they're really rational about things and they, they, they can rationalize this stuff. And, and I don't think we have the issues of like, of people understanding the values. And if your house isn't selling the what, why and what's and all that type of stuff, they've, they've become a lot smarter about it. And so I don't think we have the issues to where we had. In the, in the in the past where people were like, no, my house is worth this. You know, I'm not reducing the price on it. Well, and I think the other thing that helps is that when, when we go there and put a value on a property right now, um, I think that the majority of people have a pretty realistic range in, the, in their mind of what they think it's worth because there's so much information online that they have already looked at before we ever walk across the threshold. You know, they've looked at what other properties have sold for. They... They can do these online analysis, which, you know, if remember when, when they first came out with what was called the Zestimate and, and we were like marveling at, you know, boy, if that ever becomes, if that ever becomes realistic, then it'll mean something. And granted, I think that's still off uh, in a lot of cases, but it's getting better. It's getting better and better all the time. So, well, how many times do we hear that? I mean, that is, that's one of the bigger buzzwords in our market. It's like, well, the Zestimate says it's worth this. Right. And, and the, the reality of it is that sometimes those estimates are close and, and sometimes they're not. And I would say most time they're not. And then the other thing, if you watch these estimates, <laughs> when you put these houses on the market, yeah. they change. Yeah. I mean, if you look at these estimates and you watch them, it's uncanny how it, how it works. And, uh, you know, people have, will be looking online on these estimates before they put their house on the market. And it's like, well, you know, the house, the estimate says it's worth this, but then you put it on the market, and my goodness, the estimate changes. Yeah, you know what? And I'll say this: <laughs> these things are kind of interesting. If, if folks, if you go online and you look at what your house is worth according to your estimate, and you think that it's really, really quite a bit lower than its than its value is, I would, I would probably put a couple of dollars on a bet that says that your house is way under assessed. What do you think of that, Gary? Because we can see assessed values in both states. Sometimes it just it's just doesn't make any sense. It's like, wow, this thing is assessed $50,000 less than it's worth, you know? Um, and I guarantee that that has a lot to do with what these uh, artificial values come up with because they use all of that information, including other houses that have sold um, in the market. And if you're, if you're under assessed, which is very nice when you're paying taxes, but it's also going to, it's also going to make your, your house look maybe a little bit artificially low of what its actual value is. So there's so many factors. Well, I think that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, because they, they grab these estimates from, yeah from the county auditors. And, um, yeah. And they weight you that know, information. Value. They weight that information pretty heavy because they consider that, you know, a, a you know, an ultimate inspection of the house. They, they, there's a, the city assessment sheet on every property has what they consider to be the condition. And so they ultimately come up with a value. And I think these, these artificial um, evaluation companies put a lot of weight into what the county tax rolls um, indicate a property is worth. So, yeah, but the one thing at the end of the day that people um, can't quantify is uh, the comparables. And, yeah. you know, you can look online at all of these online uh, values, and there are some really accurate ones. Right. But 
the, the difference that we have is we're in these other houses. Right. We walk through these other houses. We're able to draw on real life comparables, apples to apples, oranges yeah. to oranges. This is how your house compares with the house that's on the market down the street. And these are the differences. Hey, Gary. And Gary, so I got to yeah. interrupt you. We got to take a break here. We're coming up on it really hard. So we're going to come back to this when we come back. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show and hang out. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney and Gary Callagher here every Saturday on KDAL from 12 until 1. Uh, folks, if you want to reach me, Jim Rodney, my number is 218-348-7653. And Mr. Callagher, would you please give us your phone number? And then why don't you go back into uh, what we were talking about before, right after you're done. I'm at 218 218- Three nine zero zero six one five, and when we went to break, you know, we were talking about you know uh, values of houses and, and comparables, and and the one thing that we as the real estate agents have in terms of like uh, data is we're in a lot of houses. You know, we go into these houses and we and we see them, and so when when you're in a, a an area or a neighborhood and you have similar type housing. And you have, you know, a seller trying to, you know, values, uh, and, and they can see what's on the market. But until you're actually in these houses, it's very difficult to compare apples with apples, that type of stuff. And, and we, we, we do that. And that's one of the things that we do. And so we're able to walk into these houses and, and give people accurate and actual information about, well, you know, that, that house down the road is got this, 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 and this. And, your house has, has been all improved, so you're going to be worth a little bit more, uh, or it's going to be worth a little bit less. And and how many times, Jim, have you heard a seller say, "Well, that house has been on the market. My house is so much worth so much more than that house," you right. know? And, and you know, we hear it all the time. But they're the same style of houses, right? And they have very a lot of similarities in floor plans and that that type of stuff. And so what makes value different amongst houses in, in neighborhoods that are in proximity to one another? Is there that big of a difference from one house to another? Well, I think one of the biggest frustrations that I have is um, I think we have the experience of getting inside way more houses than your average appraiser does. So uh, they're comparing your house to a lot of times to a house that they've never seen. Um, where we have seen a lot of these houses that we're comparing it to. So that's that's sometimes my frustration. It's like, I know you can't give, you can't overweight condition, you, you know, but man, sometimes when they compare, you know, apples to apples on, on houses, they really don't understand the true condition of one of those lower valued comparables, which seems to hold your appraisal down. Well, so, even if that... You know, just you know, if a seller, not even an appraiser, you know, if a seller, and this is, I think, some of the issues that we deal with. You know, if a seller, you know, trying to justify value when you go into a house, and the seller thinks their house is worth so much more than what it might be actually worth. I, I, I think you, we have to justify this. We have to try to make sense to them, and sometimes that's difficult, and sometimes it's not. But well, having that, an understanding of of the the area that any given house that we're we're going in to uh, do a market analysis on uh, is, I think it's really important from from our perspective, you know, because 
it, uh, you, you know, it, it's just more knowledge that we have in, in, in trying to make sense to people. And I think, I think that's important when it comes to value. Well, and I also think that sometimes when a seller is, is in tune with what a house sold for in the neighborhood, sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they had a value that was not fact. And um, so let's say they said, well, the house across the street sold for 180 and you pull over the comp and it says, well, actually it sold for, for 170 with $5,000 back in closing costs. So really 165, you know, so um, a lot of times they hear, they hear a number on the street and that number is not accurate. So. I think that's a good point. You know, people can't see some of the actual data and, and the seller concessions or seller paid uh, buyers closing costs. Uh, that's, that's an unknown piece of data that they don't have access to, you know, and, and we do. So I think that, that th- those are important considerations when you're looking at value. Uh, and then, and then just trying to, um, you know, make sense to people because when you put a house on the market, Jim, if it's priced properly and it's packaged correctly, there's a, a 97% chance it's going to sell and, and sell within a very short period of time. And so, uh, uh, you know, these properties, when we've been talking about the show, not selling and, and what goes on and why, um, I think that those are, are important things. And, 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 uh, you know, people that, that when their house doesn't sell, um, it, one of the other things too, Jim, I think that we hear is, well, should we do reduce the price and reduce the price and reduce the price? And one of the things we have to be really aware of is, if a seller's house isn't selling and nobody's looking at it, reducing the price may not help right. because if the market doesn't exist to begin with and you start dropping the price on it, well, you're just chasing a downward uh, spiral of your money for something that doesn't exist anyways. Right. So you do you do have to be careful about those types of things and, and be tuned into what is the market doing and and I think that's the biggest issue if nobody's looking at your house uh, and nobody's none of the other houses in the area are selling either reducing the price may not help attract a buyer I mean ultimately yes I think it can but if the market doesn't exist for whatever reason reducing the price may not um, may not help much. Well, yeah. I mean, if it if it doesn't make sense, if they're if they're out of the reality of what the value is, one of the old ones that I used to use is kind of like a let's shock let's shock everybody back to reality here. Is like, well, if you want to ask two hundred thousand for your house, we're not going to get it. So we might as well ask a million six because we're not going to get that either. There is no difference, right? <laughs> you know. So sometimes you just have to say it like it is, and that's that's what we do. So. Gary, we got about about four more minutes here on this on this segment, and I know you wanted to talk a little bit about some stats. So why don't you go into that right now, and we can discuss where the market's at. Well, Jim, in Duluth, uh, we currently have three hundred and thirty-two active listings on the market, and this is the Duluth and surrounding area. This isn't just Duluth proper, but uh, they have an average list price of three hundred thirty-four thousand dollars. Uh, so far this year in the Duluth area market, we sold 1,621 houses with an average sale price of $246,000. And we currently have 300 properties that are uh, under contract waiting to close. Uh, and so uh, when you look at the numbers and you break them down area by area for active listings, Duluth actually has 117 active listings on the market. 
and they have an average list price of $437,000. Now that blows my mind. And yeah. what does that tell you? That there's a couple of expensive ones out there. <laughs> there's a lot of upper end homes on the market yeah. to be bringing that average up. And you look at the median price and the median price of these active listings, it's a hundred thousand dollars less than the average list price. And so you've got some upper end houses that are out there that are bringing that average list price, uh, way up. And, and that is the, that is the second highest average list price in all the areas that we deal with. And the, the number one, uh, is Proctor. They have the highest average list price, which is $446,000. Uh, but there's a big difference in the number of active listings. There's only five active listings in Proctor. And, uh, so there's a big difference. If you're in Cloquet, you have 24 active listings and you have an average list price of $295,000. Uh, and when, when we look at the, uh, sold data, Jim, Duluth, of the 1,600 houses that have sold this year in our home market, Duluth has sold 1,017 of them with an average sale price of $243,000. Cloquet has sold 180 houses this year, and that's a huge number for Cloquet uh, for that many houses, and they have an average sale price of $203,000. And, Jim, I don't know if you remember, but when we were doing stats weekly, Cloquet was running an average sale price of maybe around $120,000, so that market has really increased quite nicely. Hermantown has sold 101 houses this year. Average sale price of $364,000. Proctor has sold 51 houses with an average sale price of 201. So these surrounding communities, Jim, that we're in, uh, the, the number, number of houses that they're selling is, I'm not going to say it's unprecedented, but it's very healthy. Uh, you know, we don't, you know, Hermantown selling 100 houses in any, any given years is very rare. So to see these types of numbers, I think it's good. It's positive, and uh, um, I hope they're not leaving Duluth and going to these other communities. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think it's 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 healthy. Um, that's for sure. That that you know the new construction area here is kind of the the caveat where it, it's so expensive to build up here. I wish. I wish that would be more in check because then we'd have more houses and more newer housing developments, I believe. But yeah, but look what's going on in Hermantown. Right. If we if we're out of time, let me know. But well, we got Hermantown we got one is, minute and then we got a break. Hermantown has experienced a, a new construction, a new home construction right. boom in the last three years, unlike I've ever seen. And so it's not it's not too expensive up there, and and. We have nowhere near the new home construction that, that in Duluth that Hermantown has, and neither exactly. does any surrounding community that I can think of. Uh, and, and so I don't, I don't know what that's an indicator of, but man, they've built a lot of new houses up in Hermantown over the last three or four years. Yeah. And you're starting to see that, um, in the superior market too, because the, the idea that the tax bill over there will kill you if you build a house, it, it's, it's, it's more equalizing now. I mean, the, the, the taxes aren't, aren't quite as direly different um, on new construction as they, as they once were. It's, 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 it's unfortunately expensively taxed on both sides of the bridge. So, um, All right, Gary, we got to take a break here. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Oh, Gary, before we do that, why don't you give us your phone number? 218-390-0615. And my telephone number is 218-348-7653. We're, you're, we're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we'll be back for one last segment to wrap it up. Hang in there.
Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rund and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. Folks, if you want to reach me, uh, my phone number is 218-348-7653. And now I'll turn it over to Gary. Please give out your phone number, Gary, before you talk about your new listing. 218-390-0615. Now let's hear about it. And yes, I have a new listing. This is a very cool place, Jim. Uh, this is up in the Woodland neighborhood. And it's off of Pleasant View Avenue, and it's kind of between Woodland Avenue and Gene Duluth Road. And a lot of people don't realize that 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 area, if you've ever gone up Pleasant View Avenue, it's it's really got quite a grade to it. You know, it goes way up, and it's one of the highest points in the city of Duluth. Really? Yeah. And and this house isn't at the highest point, but boy, it's right up there. The address is twenty three thirty two Whittier Street. Oh yeah, and sure. Sale- Yep, the sale price on this one is uh, six hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred dollars, and this is just it's it's a property on two point seven acres of land. It's got in the main house it has four bedrooms, five baths, uh, and then this has a detached pole building that if you want to use the garage it can hold at least four cars. But this house is in the main house is an open floor plan. It's got arches. It's got one of the best built decks I've ever seen in my life. Really? I mean, I think you could stack cars on this thing and it, it would be able to hold them. It's it's that well built. Um, and and so the, the main level has this beautiful. It's it's so much sunlight comes in this house. It's very sunny. It has uh, a nice uh, open kitchen, open dining area, open living area, and then it, on the main level, it also has a mother-in-law area or if you want to use it for a guest room it could be a guest area it, it has its own living area its own kitchen area its own dining area its own bathroom and so you've got that as well and there's a main floor uh, master bedroom with a master bath and a large sitting area in this master bedroom area and it's got its own laundry facilities in the bathroom in the master Good. bedroom uh, the second level has uh, again uh, three other bedrooms two baths uh, it has an office overlooking the main level, and it has a little play area. And then you've got the pole building outside, which really isn't a pole building. This could be a second house. Yeah, it, and it's got the garage area, which they don't park their cars in, but but there's a, a, a hydraulic car lift in this. It has brand-new epoxy floors. It's got three bedrooms on the second level. It's got in-floor radiant heat, its own furnace in its bullhorn. It's got its own kitchen, its own bathroom. And one of the coolest things that this bowl building has, Jim, it's got its own movie theater. Oh, really? And it's got like, I think, nine movie, beautiful movie chairs, theater chairs in there that light up. It's very cool. Uh, and, <laughs> How many square and, and feet here? Is, you, got about, you got about 30 seconds. This house has a brand new septic system and one of the largest septic systems I've ever seen. It's sized for eight bedrooms. It has a 4,000 wow. gallon septic tank capacity. If you want to give me, take a look at this thing, give me a shout, 218 390 And that's 699, you said? 699 Nice. All right. Well, that's going to do it, Gary. We're out of time. So, uh, phone number one more time, please. 218 390 And my number is 218-348-7653. Thanks for tuning in and have a great Saturday.